0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Shelf, the program that is dedicated to helping you get your products on the shelf of a major retailer. I am your host, Tim Bush, and our program is presented by TLB Consulting, where we have been helping our clients get on the shelf for over six years. Today is another special day. We have a great interview lined up for you. I am so glad that you guys are here. And listening to us, if you haven't gone back and listened to some of the previous shows, we definitely recommend that. Here with us today is Ellen Rudy. Hey, Ellen. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So happy to have you on the show. Now, Ellen is from uh, Polyphony. Did I say that right? Polyphony Branding. Polyphony Branding. I struggle with that so often, so I apologize.
1: That's
0: oh, right. So uh, Ellen is from Polyphony Branding, and she is a specialist in branding and packaging and we have worked together on many different uh, products and um, I'm always uh, super grateful to get her opinion and some of her expertise and today she is going to share a lot of that with us. We're going to talk about the basics of packaging and, and what you should expect and what you should do and how you should do it and she's really going to get into all of that but before we do I wanted to tell and kind of tee it up a little bit with a quick story. I was on the phone with a potential client last night, Ellen, and uh, this particular person wanted to tell me basically their idea for their own packaging. And they basically were going to take pictures with their iPhone and they were going to, you know, uh, uh, they had their logo all figured out. And they really wanted to argue with me about the fact that they should—they didn't really have to use a professional to do this. Have you ever run into that?
1: Oh goodness, yes. Um, yeah, this is not a DIY project. <laughs> This is not. Packaging is so important. Uh, you, we, think about the decisions you make every day about the things that you buy and how that packaging might influence you, how you might see it on the shelf, what, you, what it told you, what it explained to you about the product. There these are, is a science behind all of that and a lot of work and expertise. And believe me, if your package doesn't look like uh, it's worth the money, you're not going to get the money for your product. We we have an old expression that says if you if your brother in law designed your logo for you then your customers will be willing to pay for your product what you paid your brother in law, and it's just an old just a kind of a reminder all the time of the value that uh, professional touch will put on your packaging in in every way. I'll talk a little bit about some of the different ways that that helps.
0: Right. Well, I think we have basically six different things that we're going to cover with Ellen uh, and. Um, we're going to get into the, the guts of it. But before we start that, Ellen, just tell me, you know, what would you say is the biggest issue with retail packaging? You know, just from your perspective, off the top of your head, I know that we didn't uh, plan to talk about this. But when you look at people's packaging, wh- where do they miss the mark mostly?
1: Being absolutely clear about what that product is and why people should want it. That a compelling message and a great package that that speaks to the customer, that stands out, that says what this is, why it's important, and, you know, and really addresses the why you should care, uh, you know, aspects. So there are so many parts to that, you know, like if it's a component thing, what's included? If it's, you know, what size is it? How does it stand out on the shelf against competitors? Why are people attracted to it to begin with? And people really don't do their homework on that stuff. They really don't.
0: So is that something that, you know, as you're walking through a retail store, can you turn that off or is your mind just constantly going and looking at packaging and saying, oh, my gosh, look at this or, oh, my gosh, that's a really great package. Can you turn that off or is it just on all the time?
1: (laughs) It's on a lot of the time. I will say that mostly it's about being attracted to something that's great and I can walk by so much more that isn't good. And I, I see that in myself and I suspect that that is true of almost all consumers that we walk by things that we just, that just don't speak to us. And so when something stands out, I definitely look at it and I'll take a picture of it sometimes. and um, just say, wow, that is just really terrific. I wish our things looked like that or that the, the work that I was doing for a client was standing out like that. So, um, but yeah, I just ignore things that don't, that don't speak to me or I look at something and say, oh, that's just a mess. Um, one of the things that that we were talking about was how the environment that in in which your products are sold. I mean, if you go to some stores, stuff is all over the place. It's all over the place. Consumers just walk right by it unless they know that they're going to be buying that you know that cable or that that headphone or whatever. Um, unless they're really targeted on what it is they've come to shop for, they're going to walk right by your stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know I I think that when you're you know getting your product prepared. You're so into the fact that this was an idea, I had it in my head, and now it's a physical product, and I just can't wait to get it on the market. I just don't, you know, I'm so excited, I just want to skip by this one part, and can't we just, you know slap something on the side of it and, and, and get it and get it rolling. And um, so I agree with you that, uh, you know, this is a a place for prudence and to stop and, and really hire professionals. So something that you just said, kind of tees up our first question, which is where will your product be seen? Why is, why is looking at where your product is going to be seen or what stores is it going to be in potentially? Why is that important? Well,
1: it, it depends. First of all, you want to be sure you're in the right store. You want to be sure to work with somebody who's going to help you to get to the right destination, the right venue for your product because you're, you're going to be talking to all the wrong people. It's like direct mail if you send that to somebody who doesn't care about your product it goes right into the trash, so when the, your store location and your in-store location is so important because you want to you want to attract the ver- the right people. So you need to understand your target audience. Who are the people you're talking to, and make sure that you're working with someone who's going to get you in front of those people in the right store itself and the right place in that store. Um, other things that are that are important are, what kind of environment is it? Is it Clean? Is it dark? Is it, you know, well-lit? Is it crowded? All those things affect how you design your packaging because you want it to stand out in whatever retail environment that is. There are some places that are, as I was saying before, messy. They're not not well-organized. If your product is going to be seen there, you have to be probably about as simple as possible to stand out against the clutter. If you're in a dark place, you may need to be sure that you don't have a, a, a package that is not going to shine on the shelves in a space that isn't well lit. If it's really crowded, you have to be—you know—catch people in a second. They're going to have to—they're going to walk right by you. If there are too many people. There are too many things. So, in placement on the shelf—is it high or is it low? All those things are things that are, are good to know before you design your packaging.
0: Well, and so, one it. it reminds me uh, of a quick story, and I'll tell you that. But two, uh, I think you're exactly right. You know, there's a lot more, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, inventors or, or, or entrepreneurs are thinking, they're just thinking, geez, I just want to get on the shelf, you know, I don't care what shelf it is, you know, I just want to get there. And um, and, you know, we have to be a lot more strategic about that, uh, not just we have to assume that you are going to get on the shelf. And so with that assumption, let's find out what the best shelf for you is. But your your comments reminded me, I used to work with uh, a company called New York Joe's Onions, and uh, um, we're actually thinking about bringing this product back. Uh, actually, New York Joe uh, just contacted me not too long ago, and we're thinking about bringing this product back. But uh, one of the things that you don't really think about this is a condiment you know and it kind of goes on the condiment aisle and and we got it we sold it into uh several big uh supermarkets and and it didn't do as well as we wanted to and the and the reason was is because one facing of this product amongst you know 200 other condiments on a shelf just became a you know a grain of sand on on the beach it just uh it was difficult to really make it stand out and when they were thinking up the packaging, uh, although the packaging was engaging, it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't popping off the shelf compared to all the other products out there. So I, I understand exactly what you're meaning and what and what you're trying to say. So the takeaway, folks, from that is is assume one, assume you're going to get on the shelf. First of all, this is your product; it's going to get there. Two, you got to team up with somebody, hmm, Tlb Consulting, that is going to help you strategize and figure out what shelves you're going to get on and kind of how that is going to affect your packaging. All right. So next, uh, it's uh, how are you showing what sets your brand apart? So what, what's setting your brand apart from other things? And we talk a lot about this on the show. You know, what are your uniques? But you're talking more, Ellen, what are your uniques with regard to packaging, right?
1: Right. How do you translate that, that brand promise Into a package. What are the things that? Why do you you obviously know something about your market? You know who's uh, you know. Assuming that you have a good handle on who your audience is, how do you make that resonate on your package? hopefully your website your social media your other marketing materials are reaching out to the right folks as well and what is that promise that you have in your product and how can you translate that to a package it's not just a question of taking pictures with your iphone and putting up a photograph of the product and your logo on the package what is that that thing that emotional attachment that you want customers to have to your product and that really goes back to your brand promise what is it that you promise as a brand to them, whether it's as a company or whether it's as that particular product. If you have a lot of products that have a great brand promise, they're like wonderful things for kids or they're safe for, for um, driving or they're you know speedy technology or they're authentic homemade something. What is that brand promise and how can you bring that across in the way you design that package? Okay, so- cool.
0: Okay, well, and, and let me, uh, that's great. And let me digress for just one second because something popped into my head and I want to get your take on it. I don't think that in all the conversations we've ta- we've, we've had, we've ever talked about it, which are QR codes. Uh, what's, your, what's your thought on QR codes and do those help hurt or not really make a difference on your packaging?
1: These are the ones that, that you can use your phone for,
0: right? Yeah, you can scan it and a video will pop up or it'll take you to a website. And I mean, I have my own opinions, but I was wondering what yours were.
1: Most of the people I've been working with do use them because you don't want to miss that audience. Okay. Um, the, the people who are just you know 100% phone people will use that QR code, and it's worth it to have it. They're kind of big, and that's the one big. If you have a really small package, the QR code can look like it takes up half of the package. So you do have to think about whether it's worth it, and you can make them smaller. We've uh, worked with some places where we're able to make them, you know, like at least 80% um, or so of the size that you would ordinarily need. So they are, depending on who your audience is, if you're, you know, selling Depends or something, probably not appealing to the 100% smartphone people. But if you want to engage millennials at all um, in your package or young parents, people who really are very phone savvy, you should definitely have it. And just find a really good spot to put it and see if you can make, see how small you can make it if you have a space problem.
0: Got it. Okay. And so here's the, here's the challenge folks. And, and I'm going to go out on a limb and just tell you straight up how it is QR codes. Uh, so if you can fit it on the package, like Ellen said, yeah, great. Um, and depending on who you're looking at, you know, if you're selling to seniors, maybe not so much, but if you're selling to millennials, if you can fit it on the package, great, but here's the key. What does it go to? Okay if the QR code just goes to your website, leave it off. Okay. The QR code has to go to something compelling. It has to go to a video or something specifically designed or a coupon or something that's really going to grab your audience. If it just goes to your website, you know, your audience is going to be like, you know, they're going to completely lose interest because they can go to their website on their own. A QR code is supposed to pop up something that you don't normally see. So keep that in mind. So, Ellen's information. If you can fit it on there and it's for the right target audience, do it because it matters. My uh, advice is: make sure what you're sending them to uh, has value and is not just your website.
1: Yeah, right. I totally agree with that. That is, uh, it's got to be engaging. It's got to be something that really leads to an end. This is a this is a call to action. It's not just a, a destination to your website.
0: Exactly right. All right. So you heard it there, folks. Rewind that. If you didn't hear that, rewind that and listen to that carefully. Not to your website. Okay. Um, All right. What is uh, what is your packaging look like? And uh, I know this is kind of a broad question. But uh, I I know that you and I talk a lot about, you know, in big box stores, Alan, how long does somebody really have to to engage somebody with their packaging?
1: like half a second. I mean, it's, it goes really fast. And depending on the competition on the walls, I'll give you two, two, two examples of that. One is, um, if you're, and, and Tim, you said this perfectly when, when you talked about the, the condiment, if you're in a store where there are a, are a whole array of products, a suite of products from big, big competitors, you really have to stand out terrifically against them. I mean, you've got to just kind of go the opposite because, um, they're, they've got all the shelf space you, you know just uh, that, that's huge and you see some fabulous lines of products like the simple human line or things like that where you have you know everyone recognizes what that is and they're covering the walls so where your little spot is has got to shine that's really important the other thing and I've forgotten this when we talked about the environment um, I had a client um, years ago that had a very long narrow package and We went to the store where they were showing the previous package. We were redesigning the line and found out that the retailer was standing it vertically, couldn't see anything, couldn't read anything. It was horrible. So when we redesigned the package, understanding that this major retailer that was going to be selling this product was possibly going to stack it vertically instead of horizontally we designed two different sides of the package so one was vertical and one was horizontal so that another consideration is you know how it not only what shelf it's on how high it's on the shelf is it dark or is it light but how is the retailer positioning it and we had the advantage of seeing that always always photograph the environment that your your package is going in and if you Whoever designs it needs to photograph it in place or at least put it in place in a Photoshop or something like that, to see how it stacks up against the competition.
0: Yeah, I can, I can tell you I've had many a day uh, on the down low here where I have people at either end of the aisle as my lookout and I'm throwing a product on the shelf of a major retailer and snapping a picture. When it doesn't really go there, I'm like, hey, is the aisle all clear? Okay, take a quick picture and then, <laughs> right. then grab my product and run, right?
1: exactly no and 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 we you know i often put it into photoshop and do my store checks early and then you know strip it in to show people what it would look like we we do that with newspaper ads i mean we do that all kinds of advertising always put that on place in the that publication you're going to put it in back in the old days and you'd see if it if it competed well so that's really important to check the competition um so in terms of the packaged look do the shoppers know what it is? Do they know what it does? Again, what's your message? Make sure you're clear about that. This is, this product is for this. It does that. And can they see someone using it? Depending on what it is. But a lot of times you have no idea what it, what the scale of it is, what size it is. And if you can photograph someone using it, shows the purpose of it, shows maybe different uses, things you it might not have thought about, maybe it's more versatile than you are originally saying. So it's a good idea to show the product in use for scale and for um, suggestions of use, making it more practical or more interesting or more valuable to the, to the customer. Um, does it need a window? Sometimes people have to see the product, and so the packaging might have you know an acetate window in it so that you can see... What it is, what it looks like. In some cases, we've designed toy packaging where we actually put a hole in the package so the child could reach in and touch the, the product itself, and the parents could touch it to see what it was, what that material was like, because they didn't want to just not have it um, and you know not understand what that was. So those are all things to consider in terms of what the package looks like, the, mes- the, the visual, what this you know what the product looks like itself. Um, if it has components, it's a good idea to show those as well. This is, there are four parts to this product. That, does, that doesn't have to go on the front. But um, and anytime you can show something in scale, it's really important to people because they just don't have any idea. So if you can't show it in scale, show it a human being using it. Um, and if you can show it in scale, make sure you photograph it and size it properly on the package so that it, it is in scale. And people know not just what the initial product is, but if there are other parts of it that they have to have to see. Um, also, is it, uh, well, let me, uh, it's a, uh, that's about it for the box itself. This is in the store. Always, as we said, photograph it in the store. Make sure that as you're designing it or looking at it, that it's working. If it's not working, go back and work on it again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and a key thing, uh, you know, a, a bonus to, to what you're saying, Ellen, is that, you know, it, if you specifically design it to fit on a shelf, like you were talking about the long skinny package, so you redesigned it so it could go several, be merchandise several different ways, that's a key selling feature when you're talking to a buyer. You know, it shows them that you understand their environment, you understand the challenges that they're up against, you understand that customers may pick the product up and put it back down. And so I think, you know, we, we looked at that, Ellen, when we designed the packaging for the food cycler and... And uh, knowing that people would pick it up off the pallet at uh, Costco and then put it back down and they might not put it back down the same way. So we had mirrored sides to it. So if they put it down a different way, it could still be showing uh, the, you know, the key aspect. And and when you talk to a buyer and you talk to them about your packaging and how it will fit into their environment, they really appreciate that. They really get behind that because that's a that's generally uh, comes up later in the process and they're they're. Left trying to figure that out with their merchandising team and the CAD folks, and and so that can be really be a, a great selling tool. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Hey, thank quick, you. Quick, 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 quick. What's that? Go ahead. Uh, um,
1: go ahead. I had one more uh, thought that I wanted to be sure to, to yeah, talk. Yeah, about. Go. Um, this is no place for amateur photography. <laughs> Tim mentioned that earlier. Darn it. Had clients who said, I have a picture from my phone. It's no, 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 no. This it's so important that your product look professional and that a good professional photographer can take photographs A in scale against neutral backgrounds, can take things that can later be used for you. It's an investment on your website. On the product pages of your website, in all of your marketing materials, you will get a lot of use out of working with a professional photographer. And you can—they will have access to models. No, you know, don't put your own kids in these things. As cute as they are, you've got to be sure and have people who know what they're doing. And that they will work quickly and you know, make the photo shoot go faster and take less time. If you work with professionals, they'll actually do it right. So important
0: yeah and get the releases too. make sure that you know when you're working with a professional photographer th- they're going to get all the releases to the models that they're using and if you're out there using your neighbor your neighbor's kids and next thing you know your product goes nationwide that person's like knock 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 knocking on your door saying hey i noticed that my kids now nationwide where's my royalty so uh you know use it ellen couldn't be more right use use a professional yeah. um, hey big boxers Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I wanna work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I wanna share those experiences with you. I wanna talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I wanna help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Did you hear that folks? User professional. Wait, let me say it again. User professional.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's amazing when you work with models, and you know, I years and years ago I worked with my first model in, on a photo shoot and I thought, This person is so great. They know exactly what to do, when to do it. We were done in an hour. We didn't even put the model in the shot until we we didn't we only had to pay her for an hour's worth of time because she was so good that she accomplished everything. Right. And you know, in that very short time frame, and so it was. It really is a good investment, and it, as I said, you get it. You have those photos for everything. Really important.
0: Hey, Ellen, can 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 people get too enamored with their own product so that they're not really seeing the things that they need to see? You know, oh, you, had, yes. you had mentioned before that uh, you know you know what are you trying to tell the customer? What does your package look like? Can they get too in love with their own product that they're not really seeing it objectively?
1: Well, I'm stationed in Silicon Valley where people have done that for the last 50 years. <laughs> we make products all the time and somebody says, wow, isn't this a fabulous idea? Nobody else cares about it. So make sure that you talk to your customers, that you're you know, you're know, really engaging them with the product, that you find out from them what they really need and work on the aspects of the product that are really important to them. And you talk about it in your packaging and the way you brand your product for everything. That It's so important. And, and just in general... Delve deeper. Um, I recently took a class with Ideo, which is a major industrial designer um, on the, located on the West Coast. They're founders of Stanford's design school, and they talked about finding out what's really behind what people like and don't like, not just what they say they like. Talk to them more. So you really get some answers about that, and that help you to, to tool your product to be the most effective for your customers. And listen to your professional helpers. People who are who you bring in to talk about what's working and not working with people—that's um, invaluable.
0: Right. This is not, <laughs> folks. This is not the time to get all emotional and uh, um, and and start taking it all personally when people are giving you constructive feedback. This is the time you really want to say, and I think I said this on one of my previous podcasts. This is the time where you want people to shoot those holes in it. Okay you do not want a product on the shelf that you just delivered 50,000 units to a big box retailer and then find out that there's some holes in it and that and that retailer is trying to get you to take it all back that is not what you want so take you know take your ego out of it take your pride out of it take your love for the product out of it and just sit there and take some constructive feedback and act on it from the people that you're actually paying to help you out with this. So I, I think that that's really, really good advice. All right, let's, let's uh, move on. How does the message engage, engage the customer? So, you know, you have photos, you have lifestyle shots, you have uh, um, images on your, on your packaging, but you also have to have a message, right?
1: Right. We talked about the one half second. I mean, they visually, they have to see it in half a second In half a second. They have to just grasp exactly what it is this is and why it's important to them we want people to trust your brand you're, you're building a relationship with your customer and with every time that you touch them and the packaging is no exception so while you think that you you may have already they may have already researched you online you may have already sold things through amazon or whatever um, which i will get to that in a second um, but you, what is it that, that they truly believe about you how do you, that core message is so important? You need to have that for your brand to begin with, and you need to engage them in the packaging using that message—a message that will give them trust and assurance that this product is right for them. So that's really important. I um, we think about uh, know, was a good example of that. We had a we had a massage products um, line that we were working with, and the. They were trying they didn't know exactly what to do. they were bringing massage products into in from China, and we talked about the audience that they that they would be appealing to and we we know we went through several different ideas on this and finally, we came down to the idea that everyone if they want everyone to want to have a massage and people can't go to massage parlors or to massage therapists for that all the time uh to have a home product for that we wanted it to appeal to everyone. So we called it massage products for active people and we put on the on the package six photographs, little silhouettes. We called it the photo band. They were the active people and there was an, was an old guy doing push-ups. There was a, you know, a regular 30-year-old golfing. There was a young woman doing aerobics. There was a child ballerina. There was an older woman that was doing, doing using a hula hoop. And we said that massage was for everyone all the time. And so... The simple thing was this photo, group of people that everyone could identify with and then massage products for active people. And then the tagline was, can you feel it? And we tried to make people see that, whoa, that massage product was going to make them feel a lot better. So we, it was very spare, very simple, but people got the idea and the product did very well. It, you know, um, it, it had changed the, the whole message from something that was much more complex to something very simple. That was their brand promise, was you would feel better. Right. And that's how we got that across. That's just a small example, but if your brand is promising that it's going to taste like grandma's blueberry jam, if it's going to promise that it's going to rock your taste buds, if it's going to promise that it's going to make you look younger, make sure people understand that in, a, in as authentic and trustworthy a way as possible.
0: Yeah, super good <laughs> advice. And and let me, let me expand that. I mean, Ellen probably unbeknownst to you Alan you, you hit on this huge topic that people a lot of times uh, don't really see when they're trying to solve a problem so they're so engaged in solving the problem that sometimes their packaging tells the customer that they have a problem and that this product is there to solve it folks let, let me be super super clear you're never going to sell products telling people that they're that they they have an issue okay if your massage product were to tell the customer that, hey, I know that you're achy, I know that you can't walk, I know that you have pain, uh, you need to buy this product, those people are going to rail against that message and say, I- I'm not old, I don't have pain. But what Ellen was telling you here, instead of that, she said, hey, everybody is right for this product. You're an active person. Therefore, because you're active, you can use this massage product and it's good for everybody. Too often, folks... We're trying to solve a problem. I had a, a lady come to me. She had a really cool board game, and it was to help you communicate with your kids better. Well, the message, unfortunately, was that you're not communicating with your kids, and people will just rail against that. What do you mean I'm not communicating with my kids? I have a great relationship with my kids. My kids love me, and uh, and they wouldn't be caught dead buying a game that, that's going to prove any otherwise. So, uh, So that's super great advice. Uh, put something on, a message on there that enhances what people want to feel and think about themselves so you're still solving that problem without telling them that they do have a problem.
1: Great advice. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Po- it's going to be a positive engagement.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. All right. How, how does the message, uh, let's see, we did that. Uh, what does your packaging feel like? So it feels so like this a box. Is enough for... what, do you, what do you mean, um... Ellen? What does it feel like? It feels like a box. Right.
1: And, when you, and you, we get enough things from Amazon. I swear we have Amazon Prime here. We get a box every day and we just open it up and it's another piece of cardboard and some, it could be in a Ziploc bag for heaven's sake. But if you're going on the shelf, you need to have a package that feels substantial, that looks like the product is worth the money. It's, I, as I said, we add value everywhere in the package. We add value by the visuals. We add value by the message. We add value by the structure of the package. It gives your product credibility. Um, You don't want to have a product, a a package that's flimsy. You don't want to have a package that's difficult to open, that's not structurally sound. Um, You you don't want to have something that doesn't protect the product. I mean, for your own insurance sake, you need to have something that you know, buffers the product well in the package. so It doesn't rattle around. It um, is secure. Um, sometimes you can work with package and en- you know, packaging companies that'll just you know, do- they do the printing and they'll also help you structure the package. That's fine as well. If you want something really special, you should hire a packaging engineer. Tim and I have done this a couple times, and for something really special, something that's going to be a-, a gift package or something that's going to be a holiday package, something that really needs to feel like it's a gift or something that's super special. Um, And also, in terms of shelf space, retailers do not want to waste one cubic centimeter of, of shelf space. If your package is bulky or big and it doesn't hold the product well, then you're going to be taking up extra retail space that that retailer is going to have a fit over. We've done packaging for wines and for displays and things where you had to be so compact and you never even knew exactly how they were going to put that on the shelf, but you needed to have it take up less space than it might if it were poorly designed. So very good advice. We've done things, you know, does the product nest well inside? Do the pieces fit together in a way that you can find them easily? Are they protected? And um, again, if it's difficult to open, you know those awful um, clamshell things that you get with the with your printer ink in them that you have to take a, a you know awesome. a hacksaw to get through. I mean, those are really not user friendly, and they're not environmentally friendly either. So, if you have an opportunity again to make something that's structural that fits the product type, if you're organic, you're not going to want to use PVC. If you're you know you're there are all kinds of things that you should be thinking of. When you structure that package, how does it authentically represent the brand?
0: So you're saying I don't want to I don't want to put uh, styrofoam around my uh, organically made uh, recyclable product. Nope. <laughs> All right. No, exactly. and so it, 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 if it's and so a
1: luxury like... product. You know, you want it to bespeak luxury. How? Do, what does it say about the product? What does that structure say about the product that you know? And, and say about you? You just bought this product. Is it? Is it luxurious? Is it organic, homemade? Is it um, high tech does it have a you know to really think about the materials you use for that and how the packaging is structured when you. Uh...
0: Yeah, and, and just think about this, folks. I mean, think about your own life. I know your mind is being blown right now and I know that you you came onto this podcast thinking that your packaging was awesome and now you might be wondering whether it is or is not. Uh, we're not trying to blow your mind here. We're just trying to give you some thoughts for maybe your next product run. Uh, And and if you ever want advice or us to evaluate your your packaging, we do that. You can go to TLBConsulting.com, and I team up with Ellen, and we review packaging all the time. But here is something I just want you to think about. When you buy a product, let's say you spend $200 on a product. You get it home. You're all excited. You open it up, and all the stuff in the box is shifted around. What is the very first thing that you say to yourself? No, come on. Don't lie. If it were me, I'm saying to myself, I think this has been open before. I think somebody else has had this and it was returned. And that may or may not be the case. But let's just say it wasn't the case. It just wasn't structurally built to hold the stuff in there the way it should be held. And if you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars, you should open that box and you should feel elated. You should feel, wow, this is awesome. It should be an experience. And instead, you're left feeling less than wowed because you're wondering, hey, has somebody else touched this? Has it been in somebody else's house? And that's exactly what you're gonna think if somebody opens your product and it's all spread all over the place.
1: Right, or dinged or anything like that. You know, you just feel like it just wasn't strong enough. It wasn't well made. And it makes that makes them have immediate doubts. There's nothing, nothing plants seeds of doubts faster than you know, one little thing and people start to have doubts about everything else. And they, you know, you don't want them to feel that way about your product.
0: And remember too that your product's going to get moved around. Okay. In a retail environment, people are always condensing and building out new displays and moving product around. And so your product could get taken out, thrown in a cart, moved to the other side of the store, taken out of the cart, put back on the shelf, taken off the shelf, put in a cart, moved to another area. And if your box is flimsy, by the time it gets moved around a couple of times, it starts looking worn and beat up. Next thing you know, it's not selling. Next thing you know, they're going to take it, uh, somebody's going to do a walkthrough in, their, in the store, and they're going to see that beat-up product, and they're going to say, hey, you know what, you need to RTV that re- that product and get some new product out here. Who's going to foot the bill for that RTV? You are, okay? You're going to be paying for the fact that the product is perfectly good, but the box looks beat-up, and nobody's going to buy it. So. Put some money into sturdy box, structural, all the things that Ellen was saying. All right, let's. Let's. I think we have one more, um, one more thing. And it, does the packaging tie in with other marketing and advertising uh, uh, things that you have going on? So,
1: if you go to a store and you buy something, you you know you look at the package and you bring something home. If you went on their webs- on the your website, this your product and did not see a similar look did not feel a sense of cohesiveness with your branding and marketing with that package that does, it, it, your credibility starts to suffer you should always be structuring around the brand what is your brand how does that t- how do you talk about it on your website how do you talk about it in social media what do you you know in any flyers any other things any uh, offline things special offers the mobile app any of that stuff all has to tie together you get so much you know, exponential reputation from having your brand consistent. It, you know, we, we say to people, if you took all of your materials and spread them out on the floor in front of yourself and looked at them and said, did these look like they came from the same place? And they don't, you're in trouble. need to get everything on the same page, and the packaging has to talk about the brand in your message, it has to f- the photographs of your packaging. As I said, they can be used on your website. Make sure that you pepper that stuff all over your other materials and make and that to create huge consistency. Your colors, your fonts, your your photographs, your product, um, you, you know the the product photographs themselves, the words you use for that, the tone of your brand. Is it nurturing? Is it you know uh, aggressive? Is it fun? Is it what what all that you know, what uh, tone you use for all of that is something that needs to come across in your packaging as well.
0: Yeah, folks, seeds of doubt, okay? <laughs> seeds of doubt is what she's talking about. And if if you buy a product and you get home and you look up the website and the website has a totally different look and feel than the product that you have in your hand, although the brand name is the same, you start thinking, hey, this is last year's product. Look, they got a, a whole new look going on here what, what uh, this is a ripoff I got last year's thing and then you're already in the car on the way back to the store to take it back okay seeds of doubt and once that seed of doubt is there for your brand that the, the, that person is not going back to, to to turn that back in and see if they can get another one of your products that looks more like the website. They're done with you okay they're gone they're done. you lost them and uh, um, it takes that that quick you know uh, Ellen was talking about a half a second to to capture somebody on the shelf. Boom, that's a half a second right there. I mean, it's that fast. It's gone. And how how fast can you lose a customer? Boom, same same amount of time. It's gone. They're gone. And uh, and so put some time and effort into into what you're doing here, Ellen, um, All super great advice. So so you have the six points, and I know this has been a little bit of a long podcast. So you know, obviously, feel free to to rewind it and and, and take each point by point by point. Ellen, this comes up with me again and again and again. What is a, a good amount? somebody should really be paying to have somebody do their look and feel packaging and, and maybe structural if they need it, you know, just a roundabout number. So they know if they're in the ballpark with somebody who really knows what they're doing or they're not paying too much or too little.
1: Ooh, that's always a tough question. Um, I think to get somebody, you know, to, to try to engineer the package and design the package this is, does not include manufacturing, but to get and and really be true to the brand, you want to be work with somebody who's going to be true to your brand. Um, we're talking for the for the total thing like between seventy five hundred and ten thousand dollars.
0: Okay, and would that include? Is that include you guys doing the imaging, and or is that assuming that they already have their own images and their own branding, and and all you're really doing is designing the packaging based on their materials, or does that ten thousand dollars include uh, uh, coming up with the the images and the materials and, and the the look and feel as well.
1: It really depends on on how many products are involved. I mean, sometimes the, if we have multiple products, then we can, you know that we could probably do a photo shoot. That the photo shoot would end up being more. If you're working with one product, sometimes you can get that done within that that budget within the ten thousand for sure. Um, it just depends on on what it is. If there are lots of pieces to the product, or um, it's a difficult thing to photograph, or it has to be photographed in an environment that's really really a tough place, you know, in in um, it's not a blue screen thing. You have to actually have to go out in the field and take it. Sometimes that can add to your costs. But if it's studio stuff or um, simple model shots, um, generally that you can we can probably bring it in for for the ten thousand. Got it. Okay.
0: All right. And uh, Ellen, any final thoughts on packaging in general
1: go shopping look at things on the shelf just really you know see what it is that you buy think of yourself as the the ultimate consumer how do you feel about products think of you know really put yourself in the position of the consumer so you understand why you made certain buying decisions based on the product reputation based on your online experience based on what you saw in the store um, and observe, really look at it. it's it's a it's a a whole profession itself it's a whole science itself and consumer science is huge it, it affects everything we do that where stuff, stuff is placed in the store absolutely affects whether we buy it or not, where it's placed on the shelf um, where you know what what color it was, whether it was in with the their biggest, your biggest competitor, or it was, it had a shining spot to itself, whether um, your message was clear or not, all of that. So think about it. When you buy something, why didn't I buy that? Why did I pick that up? Did that packaging have anything to do with that? Did the message have something to do with it? You know, did the picture on the box make me feel like, oh, I'm like this person, um, or I aspire to be like this person. So yeah, go shopping with different
0: eyes. Great. I couldn't agree with that more now Ellen now folks so you know Ellen doesn't do much retail packaging anymore she she mostly works with uh, she mostly works with nonprofit organizations um, not to say that she wouldn't do that but uh, Ellen where can people find you if they wanted to reach out to you
1: um polyphony is my website I am as Tim was saying I have am... done Sort of changed over to doing a lot more work for nonprofits. They need help as much as consumer products do, and I felt that it was an area that had been long neglected by a lot of uh, designers and branding specialists. So I do work a lot with nonprofits, but I do do consumer packaging still. Tim and I are still working together on things, and um, and others in just uh, polyphonybranding.com. And there's contact information there. There's also a downloadable PDF in the for-profit select for profit work section that can show you some of the work that I have done.
0: Great. So you guys, you guys got it. Uh, geez, Polyphony. Did I say that right?
1: P- yeah. P O L Y P H O N Y as it's sp- uh, pronounced as in symphony, polyphony branding. <laughs> I still
0: start, I've been trying to get that right for so long. I can't even tell you. So yeah, you can reach out to her there. And and, and as always, if you enjoyed the, the podcast, hit the subscribe button And uh, subscribe. Uh, We have a lot of uh, other great shows coming up. Uh, We're going to be doing uh, um, some more interviews. And, and of course, we have other great key information on getting your products into retail. You can always reach us on Twitter at at TLBConsult, on our website at TLBConsulting, and, of course, on Facebook uh, at TLBConsulting there as well. Ellen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to come and talk to our listeners. We appreciated everything that you had to say. Thank you. I
1: enjoyed talking to folks, and I I really do wish all of you luck in getting your products to market and on the shelf.
0: Great. All right, folks. Well, that's it for now. Uh, We believe in you. We believe in your products, and we'll look forward to seeing them on the shelf.